Welcome to Suiting Up Varsity, a podcast dedicated to the sound of the band, the smell of popcorn, the feel of an old letter jacket, the sight of teenagers hoisting trophies high above their heads, and most of all, to the grand history, fantastic stories, and engaging personalities of Nebraska prep sports. Join us as we look back in time at the great moments from a century plus of Nebraska high school athletics. Hi folks, we're back for another episode of Suiting Up Varsity as I've found myself with a little time on my hands. I thought maybe we would try to do some mini episodes. I guess I don't know how many this episode will end up being. Um, but I thought uh, as I am uh, socially distancing or physically distancing or whatever we should call it, and, and you probably are too, I should uh, try to share with you some of my uh, research uh, from Nebraska High School Sports. Uh, what I thought we would do this week is do another GOAT episode, another greatest of all time. Uh, some of you remember uh, from past seasons, we did a, uh, a set of three episodes that kind of focused on the traditionally biggest 40 schools in the state. And then I did another episode of GOATs just on the Central Conference. Uh, now I kind of want to start working my way through the state, and I thought really the only way to do that uh, is county by county. So I grabbed a map, <laughs> and I went to a corner. I went to the southeast corner and I found Richardson County there. And so I kind of put together the information I have on the uh, goats of uh, Richardson County. Now, I should, you know, give a couple caveats here, just like we did in the other episodes. Uh, whenever you're talking about greatest of all time, there's a reason that Jerry Mather, when he did his uh, greatest of all time at each school in his 1980 book, uh, he entitled it, Want to Start a Fight. Uh, everybody has an opinion there. Uh, we've actually spent a lot of time on goats on the Twitter feed. Uh, those of you who've uh, been following along with Suiting Up Varsity on Twitter, that's at Suit Up Varsity. Um, and we've taken lots of nominations. And so I thought I would take those nominations. Uh, plus, I've been working pretty, pretty hard trying to put together some databases uh, of basketball all-staters, football all-staters. Uh, the NSAA has pretty good lists and some other sports of champions. Um, and then... Uh, I've been working hard this this uh, break, I almost said summer, but it's not summer here in April, uh, on putting together a list of medalists at state track, which the NSAA doesn't have. All they have is gold medalists um, overall, not even class champions. So I've been working on that. So uh, one thing, my, my list will be tilted towards the boys' side, um, just because that's the information I have right now. I think I only have one girl on the list in all of Richardson County, which is obviously out of line, and we'll work on fixing that up. Um, also, it's probably prejudiced towards those sports, uh, which are the sports with the longest history in Nebraska. So, I mean, there's some justification for that. And then there's just always the questions about goats, you know. Are you talking about uh, just their high school career? Are you talking about their post-high school career? Uh, are you talking about the all-around athlete or the super, super amazing standout in just one sport. Now, in Richardson County, uh, most of the guys we're dealing with are multiple sport athletes, so that doesn't come in quite as much. But uh, certainly lots of people have different opinions. Uh, I'm going to kind of run through who I think uh, are the nominees, and, and I'll try to make a guess. I can't remember if I marked a, uh, a pick uh, of, of, of each school. First thing, I guess we should talk about Richardson County a little bit. Some of you are from southeast Nebraska, and you're like, well, I know Richardson County. Uh, some of us are not. Uh, it's right down, uh, borders uh, Kansas to its south and uh, Missouri uh, to its uh, east, across the Missouri River, the east border of the uh, 
of the county is made up of the Missouri River. Uh, it really kind of makes uh, settlements there rare. <laughs> uh, Rulo down in the southeast is really the only river town in um, Richardson County. Then is the south, uh, what I'm sure is the county seat and the biggest uh, biggest town in Richardson County is Falls City. Um, we'll talk a little bit about consolidation history, uh, but there were quite a few high schools uh, in Richardson County to begin with, uh, you know, and when I say begin, I'm talking about, um, you know, the late 1920s, 1930s, really when, you know, basketball district qualification starts, um, those schools that were playing athletics then uh, are kind of what the list I'm working with. So uh, we'd be talking about Dawson High School, uh, which is kind of in the center uh, of the county. Uh, Falls City, which I said was down south. Falls City Sacred Heart really isn't around as an athletic competitor, I don't think, until 1941, which is when its latest uh, reincarnation started. Uh, I'm not sure if it's okay to use that word with a Catholic school. Uh, 1941, we'll talk more about their history when we get there. Uh, Honey Creek, a uh, very early consolidated school. We'll talk about that. Humboldt, I've already mentioned Rulo. Uh, Salem down in the south. Uh, Humboldt, by the way, is up in the north uh, and the west of the county. Uh, Schubert, which is in the north of the county uh, and even a little east. Um, Stella and Verdon. Uh, Stella, Stella is uh, way up north by Schubert, and Verdon is almost right smack dab in the middle, right on Highway 73. So, uh, uh, highway 8, Nebraska Highway, and Highway 4 move east-west through the state, so to 62. And then there's two north-south U.S. highways, 73 and 75, uh, along with Nebraska 105, uh, going through these towns. Okay, I want to start uh, with the schools, some of the, sco the schools that aren't around anymore. So the first I'm going to start with is the Stella Tigers. The Tigers of Stella wore blue and white. Uh, they only qualified for the state basketball tournament once. Oh, excuse me, I shouldn't say qualified. They played in the state basketball tournament once in 1926, which, of course, you'll remember is the big tournament, uh, the all-comers-of-all-comers all tournament. And uh, they won a couple games. They beat Dakin and Lisco before falling to Plymouth. Uh, I didn't write down which class it was, but that, that was down a ways <laughs> in the class list. They lost 7-6 to six to Plymouth, I think. I, I know Plymouth made the final. I can't remember if they won it or not. So not like that was a bad loss for Stella, but they never made it back to the, uh, to the state basketball tournament. I know of uh, the best football team I know of as the only team I know of that ended up in the top 10 was 1958 when they were playing six-man football. Uh, and then probably their best track finish was in 1950 uh, when they finished in the top 10 of Class D. Uh, athletes I have, uh, I have Merle Bauer, class of uh, 42, who was a two-time All-Stater playing six-man football. And uh, Bill Ham, class of 1939, uh, who never won a track championship, but he brought home four track medals, uh, the 100, the 220, the pole vault, and the disc. He placed in all of those. And then the person I'm going to go with as the Stella Tigers all-time GOAT, and I'm going to pick him uh, because he's connected to one of those top teams. He was the key to that 1950 top 10 track finish. Uh, that's James Johnson. He won the Class D 440 state title in 1950. So our Stella Tigers all-time GOAT, James Johnson, Class of 1950. 
The next school I want to talk about uh, is the Bratton Union Bulldogs. And the Bratton Union, uh, that's not a town. Uh, Bratton Union uh, was a consolidated school way before consolidated schools were cool. (laughs) Way before even what I call the first round of consolidation in Nebraska, which is kind of, oh, you might start it in the late 40s, or you might say it starts in the early 50s when the State Department was putting pressure on smaller schools. Uh, Bratton Union was in place way back I believe in the 20s even, and it was several um, small country schools consolidated uh, to form a high school at the intersection of what's now called 720 Road and 635 Avenue, which is just south of the Nemaha County line up in the northwest corner of the county. Uh, Near enough to Humboldt that a lot of times in the old newspapers they're called Humboldt Bratton Union, uh, but they were a separate school district. Uh, Bratton Union were the Bulldogs. They were also blue and white. Uh, They were state Class C basketball champs in 1938. In 38, they beat Grafton, Ohio Eagle, and then beat Octavia 19-18 to win that Class C state championship. Uh, They had played in a couple of the all-comers tournaments in 26 and 28. Uh, In 26, they lost to Lexington. Again, I didn't write down what class, but they must have been playing in a pretty big class, pretty good athletic tradition, you can tell. Uh, In 1940, uh, they beat Hershey and then lost to Thayer. Uh, In 1941, they beat Duncan and Hampton and then lost to Thayer. So uh, Thayer was kind of a thorn in the Bratton Union uh, side. Uh, 41 was their last state basketball tournament. Their greatest football team was 1940 when they were the six-man state champs. They went 7-0 and and were named state champs uh, in the polling. Some of the great Bratton Union Bulldog athletes I have uh, from the year before that state championship football team in 1939, there was an R. Harshberger. You're going to hear a lot of Harshbergers in the Bratton Union section here. Uh, I don't have his full name, just R. He was six-man All-State in 1939. Um, they had a long jumper named Regan. Didn't get a first name on him either. He finished fourth in Class D in 1944. Um, and then in the, on that 1940 team, that, that state championship six-man team, uh, Lou Glather was a back, and Don Harshberger was a center. Both of them were all-state, so two all-staters on that six-man team. And then from that 1938 Class C basketball team, uh, that's where we're going to get our goat. Edwin Edward Harshberger. Uh, he hit the winning shot in that game. He scored 14 of the uh, Bulldogs' 19 points in the game. Uh, that game went to overtime with Octavia, tied 17-17. It was sudden death overtime, which meant first team to score 2-1. Uh, Octavia hit a free throw, uh, probably just a one-shot free throw in those days, so don't don't feel bad for the kid who maybe missed the other one. I, I In those days, you foul, and they would just get one free throw. As a coach, I'm thinking, eh. We might be fouling a little bit. Uh, they can't score two. Uh, but So it was 18-17, come down to the other end, and Edward Harshberger uh, hits hits a shot from out by the top of the key uh, to win the game. Not a buzzer beater, a buzzer creator. <laughs> you hit the shot, and they sound the buzzer. So Edward Harshberger is our Bratton Union Bulldog greatest athlete of all time. Okay, uh, next I want to go to the middle of the county. And the Verdon Bulldogs, also blue and white. Uh, yeah, you notice some repetition here. Not not a county with a wide variety of nicknames and colors. Uh, the Verdon Bulldogs, 
Uh, probably their best football team was 1956. Uh, they were undefeated. They were 8-0, and they finished third in the ratings. Um, best player from that team, Ralph uh, German. He was an All-State guard that year. Uh, but I'm going to go with their greatest athlete of all time. I'm going to go with a couple years earlier. I'm going to go with Ron Fritz, class of 1954, who was the Class D high, high hurdle champion for the Vernon Bulldogs. So the greatest athlete of all time in Vernon, Vernon? <laughs> Ron Fritz, 1954. All right. Uh, the Dawson Lions. <laughs> Dawson and Vernon kind of go together. Some of you know from later on. Uh, but, uh, the Dawson Lions were red and white. Um, Mather named Claire Sloan their greatest athlete of all time. Uh, all I know about Claire Sloan, who graduated, oh boy, I want to say in about 1924 or 25, uh, he was all big six football at Nebraska, and that drew him the, uh, the Mather, the Mather title, um, Great football teams from Dawson. Uh, the greatest era, really, of football was right before they closed in 1958-1959. They were in the top ten for six-man football uh, both of those years. Uh, their basketball history, they finished runner-up in Class N, as in Nebraska, in 1923. Back in the days of all-comers tournaments, they, they appeared in seven state tournaments, but they were all in the all-comers era. Uh, their best run was that 23 run where they beat Taylor, Rockaby, Coles, and then lost a tough one, 18-14 to Fort Calhoun. Again, that was Class N. Uh, they won a couple games in 1927. They beat Venango and Waterbury, but then fell to Litchfield in the third round. Uh, probably the biggest win in school history might have been in 1928 when they beat Beatrice in the opening round of the 28 tournament, 31-8. to Obviously a down down year for the Orangemen. I wouldn't be surprised to find out that maybe that was Beatrice St. Joseph. Ever so often, the NSAA data gets a little scrambled there, uh, but that looks pretty good on paper. And then in 1921, they beat Mullet before losing to Lincoln College View. Uh, College View, of course, will eventually uh, birth Lincoln Southeast High School, so that's a pretty, pretty big school they're competing with out of Lincoln. Um, I think uh, Claire Sloan is a great choice uh, for the Dawson Lion Goat, but I also uh, think I would add another name, and that's John Schulze. 1954, he was the state discus champ. Uh, he medaled in the discus all four years of high school and was one of their top basketball scorers all through high school. So I'm going uh, to go against Mather and name John Schulze. 1954, Dawson Lion, greatest athlete of all time. All right, uh, now we head up north. Uh, in the county, and that's Schubert, the Schubert Panthers, red and black. Um, they uh, they appeared in uh, in five state tournaments. 1932 might have been the only time they really qualified, and they won a game that year. 32 would have been just a, a two-class tournament, I believe, so they're playing in Class B. Uh, they beat Benedict and then lost to uh, Mascot. Um <laughs> I'm getting text messages here. By the way, I am in a closet, just like all the big-time podcasters are doing uh, during uh, this time of virus. Um, Schubert also won a couple games in 1925. They beat Maxwell and Thedford before dropping to Hallam. But of course, that was one of those giant, giant uh, tournaments. Uh, for Schubert, uh, 
I've only got one real nomination, so I'm going to go with him as the GOAT uh, all-time for the Panthers, and that's class of 1937, Jack Brown. Uh, He won three medals in the Class C track meet that year for the Panthers in the 100, the 200, and the shot put, a combination we just don't see a lot anymore. So I think that's a pretty uh, pretty good nomination for Jack Brown as the Schubert Panthers' greatest athlete of all time. Okay. We're going to head now down to the south, uh, just a little west of Falls City, and the Salem Bobcats. Uh, Salem, a uh, little town still there on Highway 8. Kind of there's nice little, uh, nice little jog in the highway where Salem is. Um, Salem Bobcats um, had a couple state basketball tournament appearances, but they were both in the all-comers era, um, at least I think. Uh, in 1917, they made it all the way to the Class C semis. So that's probably the Salem's greatest team ever. They beat Ohioa, beat Palisade, beat Bloomfield, beat Wolbach, and then lost Alexandria. And again, that was the semis. They needed to win one more game to get to the final. That was a that was a big bracket. Um, and then in 1928, they lost to Nihaka, who uh, in the first round. Now. The basketball data on the NSAA is a little scrambled between Salem and another school we're going to talk about in just a minute. Um, But the worst part about Salem is I don't have a nomination for greatest athlete of all time. I can't find any track medalists. I can't find any basketball or football all-staters. I'm going to keep digging, but if anybody out there has an idea of the greatest athlete of all time at Salem, uh, give us a shout-out. Twitter's always a good place to do that. Uh, You can find my... uh, Email address uh, connected to our Facebook page. Uh, if you shoot for shoot, if you search for Suiting Up Varsity, uh, and then we have SuitingUpVarsity.org, our web page, which which reprints a lot of our Twitter posts. So that's another place you can go to make contact. Okay, that other school uh, that we need to talk about was just outside of Salem, like uh, Baton Union. Uh, it's another early, early, early consolidation. Uh, Honey Creek, sometimes called Salem Honey Creek, which which throws people off, really was the stronger athletic program, stronger than Salem. Uh, they were the Wildcats instead of the Bobcats, and we don't know their colors, even though they were open until 1960. i I got to think that information is still out there somewhere. Uh, but Honey Creek outside of Salem, now they're recorded by the NSAA as playing in the 25, 26, and 27 tournaments. Again, I'm not sure that... The NSAA has Salem and Salem Honey Creek separated quite right. Uh, and I don't blame them. There have been times, I remember there was one night I was kind of researching this, and I just I just swore those are the same school. They're just the same school. Uh, and then I found pretty definitive proof they weren't and, uh, and had to uh, move on from that again. But, um, again, the NSAA basketball data is a little scrambled. Now, what's not scrambled is Honey Creek. Uh, has some track athletes who show up who become pretty good nominees um, for uh, for their greatest athlete of all time. One from 1937, Kenneth Fairbanks. He uh, placed in the 440 twice, both as a junior and a senior. He finished second and then third in the quarter mile. And then in 1949, Mark Weidler, uh, he picked up a couple medals in that same meet in a couple different events. Uh, I'm going to go with Fairbanks. Kenneth Fairbanks, class of 1937, as the greatest Honey Creek Wildcat of all time. All right. Also, uh, heading north in the county, uh, a school that really um, 
we still think of because their name is still prominent in the Consolidated School, and that's the Humboldt Cardinals. Uh, Humboldt, strong athletic history, probably the highlights. Uh, 1988, their only appearance in the playoffs in the playoff era, and they, they won it. Um, the Cardinals rolled through Dawson Verdon. Falls City Sacred Hearts, they didn't leave the county for the first couple games there in the playoffs. Then they beat Diller, and then they beat Humphrey St. Francis 20-14 to uh, for that 1988 D2 8-man football championship. Uh, their best track squad would go way back to 1939 when Humboldt was 4th in Class B. Pretty good finish. Uh, and then 1939 in football, they finished in the top 5 of the ratings in Class B football. Uh, in basketball... Uh, you have to go way, way back. They have a 1916 basketball championship in the all-comers era where they beat Talmadge, Craig, Wausau, Ravenna, and Dunbar. Uh, they slipped by Dunbar 22-20 for that Class C championship in 1916. Pretty good list of uh, possible goats here. Uh, Orville Yoakum was a two-time Discus State champ as a and won the gold medal as a senior. So that means he won the all-class gold. So he would have been part of that 1939 uh, top five finish in Class B. And then he won the next two years. He won the, the uh, Discus Championship uh, in Class B and then took the gold as a senior. Uh, another great track athlete would be Paul Burgett, uh, who was a two-time state mile champ uh, in 50 and 51. Uh, then in the 70s, Ron Storant, he won the mile and the two mile in 1973. Uh, remember that you couldn't double in distance races uh, until quite late in the state track history. So that's why you see those come in in the 60s and the 70s where guys are winning doubles. Uh, another great track athlete, Keith McKim, four track medals uh, in the hurdles and the high jump in 1978. Never won a championship, but brought home four medals. And then we've got our only female a athlete in the county. Paula Subleka, uh, who was the all-time girls basketball leading scorer uh, when she finished uh, her career uh, in 1978, I believe. For some reason, I didn't didn't make a note of that. I did find a great, uh, I think it was a Lincoln Journal story about uh, Paula Sue and her husband and their dairy farm, uh, which is down near Humboldt. Uh, you should Google that up and read it. Uh, she's obviously an interesting, interesting character, and and took her business degree that she got at uh, Omaha St. Mary's while playing basketball there, and uh, has turned it into a pretty big dairy operation, Southeast Nebraska. Uh, their only boys all-stater that I know of is Jack Pennington. He was all-state basketball in Class C in 1949, and then uh, the athlete that I'm going to go with as the goat, uh, who is Ken Malin. From that 1980-1988 uh, state championship team, he graduated in 1989. He was a two-time All-State eight-man football player, and he went on to play football in Nebraska. So Ken Malin, the greatest all-time Humboldt Cardinal. And that basically takes us through kind of the original high schools of Richardson County, uh, except for the biggest town, Falls City. And we'll get to Falls City and the Catholic school there, Falls City Sacred Heart, and talk about their histories a little bit. In a minute, but I but first I want to go through some of the consolidations because Richardson County uh, kind of shows us all the different waves of consolidation. We've already talked about uh, Honey Creek and Bratton Union, which were super early consolidations, country schoolhouse uh, consolidations back in the in the teens and the twenties uh, and even the thirties. Uh, then Richardson County has. Uh, 
a school that comes out of the, what I call the first wave of consolidation, which is really in the 1950s. Uh, the Nebraska State Legislature and the Education Department were involved in this sometime. Uh, we already talked about how the uh, RULO closed down in 51. Uh, really, uh, uh, they had some problems with that election, but also the State Department said you can't have a high school anymore. You don't have what it takes. Um, so as that was going on, we get uh, a first consolidation in the county, and that's... Uh, I think we're hearing the smoke alarm as I'm working in my closet here, if you didn't believe me. Um, that's Dawson-Verdon, and they come together in 1959. And so we've already talked about Dawson and Verdon, but let's talk about uh, the combined school, uh, which chose red, white, and blue, uh, the red from Dawson and the blue from Verdon, and they chose the name the Jets. Now the Jets, uh, in their... Uh, um, early history in the 1960s uh, don't show up in the football ratings, but we get a good candidate, uh, and that's Bob Gergen, who was a consensus all-stater for the Jets in 1965 in football, uh, graduated in 66. Uh, then in the 70s, as the playoff era hits, Dawson Verdon uh, is in the eight-man playoffs quite a bit, and their best run is the first year they get in, 1978. Uh, they beat Hordeville, they beat Bladen, uh, and then they fall to Beamer in the championship game, 28-35 uh, to 35 in double overtime. So very close to the Jets picking up a state championship there. Uh, they're in the playoffs again in 79, 83, 84, and 88. Uh, they have some other All-Staters. Uh, Bill Brunn was an All-State kicker in 1974. Uh, he was a member of the class of 76 along with Jim Blake, who was an All-State lineman in 75. And Jim Hootner was an All-State end in 1983. On the basketball courts, Dawson Verdon's best year was 1989, the only year they qualified for the state tournament, and they were led by an all-stater, John Ramsey. Uh, six foot four, 18 points a game. Uh, they made it to state and lost to Hildreth in 89. Um, now, football, some good football and basketball players there, but I think with the Jets, with Dawson Verdon, we need to look at track. Uh, where they have their school state championship. In 2002, they were the Class D state champions. Um, they had had a, a, a good candidate on the track in the 60s, uh, Terry Thacker, who was a two-time shot put medalist. Uh, he medaled in both 63 and 64. Um, but really, that 2002 t team um, produces our best candidates. And one of those is Daniel Fritz. He was a two-time 300-meter hurdle champion and had six uh, total medals at state track meets. And then Adam Lippold. Uh, he was a three-time two-mile champion. He won eight total state track meet uh, medals. He was also the 1,600-meter champ as a senior, uh, and he was the 2002 Class D state cross-country champion. Um, so to me, that's a no-brainer. Adam Lippold is the all-time goat for Dawson Verdon. Okay, as we look at consolidation history kind of carrying on, uh, we see a school from Richardson County that comes together um, in, the, uh, in the 60s, in the second wave, and that is Southeast Nebraska Consolidated. Uh, Stella, Schubert, uh, Bratton Union, who we've talked about, then a school from across the county line, Nemaha. They all come together in 1967 to form Southeast Nebraska Consolidated. Not the most creative name ever, uh, but Southeast Consolidated. Let's see if I can find them on my list. There they are. They also chose red, white, and blue, but it was red, white, and Columbia blue. Um, and they were the Mustangs. Uh, they were in the state playoffs six times in the 90s. 
they made the state basketball tournament in 1976 in Class C, where they lost to Geneva. And I've got three pretty good candidates uh, for them all off of the track lists. Uh, nobody all-state football, all-state basketball that I've found yet. Uh, Chris Au, <laughs> A-U-E, I'm not quite sure how to say Chris's name, from the class of 1991. Uh, he won four track medals. Uh, he won uh, two state titles. He won the 400 and the 891 in Class C. A few years before him um, is Steve Kelly, 1987, another four medals. Um, he won the 1987 400 state title in Class D. And then Seth Zetner in 2004, who was the state Class D pole vault champ, and then he lettered, he medaled again in uh, 2005. Uh, I think I'm going for the Southeast Consolidated Mustang all-time goat, uh, Chris Ow, <laughs> A-U-E. You guys are going to have to uh, help me out on Twitter on how to pronounce Chris's name, but I think he's the best athlete ever to come out of Southeast Nebraska Consolidated. Okay, uh, the other schools that consolidated um, in 51, we talked about Rulo closing down. Those kids went to Falls City, though there was a lot going on there. An election, an election invalidated, uh, tuition money paid across the state line to Kansas, uh, all kinds of things there. Um, but they are in the Falls City District for the most part. Uh, you know these consolidations aren't always clean. Honey Creek uh, and Salem. Uh, two schools pretty close together. They both end up, for the most part, in the Falls City District. All right. Now that brings us to the last consolidation in the county, and that's when uh, Humboldt and Table Rock and Steinhauer came together to uh, form HTRS, hum Humboldt, Table Rock, Steinhauer. And that was in 2003. Then in 2004, they brought Dawson Verdon in. And in 2009, they brought Southeast Nebraska Consolidated. So they become one of the three schools left in the county. Let's take a look at that consolidated history of Humboldt, Table Rock, Steinauer. The Titans, they were Navy and Columbia Blue. Uh, they were state basketball champions in uh, C2 in 2000. And... Uh, they had an uh, All-Stater, uh, Matt Metzger, uh, All-State in C2, averaged 20 points a game, 6-footer. Uh, and then their other good candidate, I think, is Michael Volker, who won two medals at the 2007 track meet uh, in the shot and discus. But I think Metzger, uh, in the short history, really, of Humboldt, Table Rock, Steinauer, goes down as the all-time Titan goat. All right, that brings us to the two biggies in the county. Uh, Falls City, Sacred Heart, the Irish. Uh, they wear green and white. Uh, those of us who follow Nebraska prep sports are pretty familiar with the green and white playing in a lot of championship games recently. I'm not sure I can even uh, list them all. Um, but I've got some football teams listed. In 1945, they were all state in six-man, 7-0, and but only ranked number eight by Greg McBride. In 1955, they played six-man, and they were 8-0 and unranked. Now, that kind of goes to show you that, again, when all those schools were open in Richardson County, they were playing in the Little Ten Conference. They just didn't, you know, seven, eight games, you could play all those in Richardson County. But that just didn't hold a lot of stock in the big city Raiders. And so those Falls City Sacred Heart teams, undefeated, but didn't really get any state championship um, mention. In 1960, they weren't undefeated, but they had a team in the top ten of eight-man. By 1966, they were playing 11-man and finished in the top 10 of Class C. 1971, 
Uh, they had a pretty good team, finished number two in 11-man Class D. And then in 1972, they were the consensus Class D champions in both papers. Uh, they finished the year with a Galaxy Conference playoff win over Elmwood. So you can see, as some of the schools in Richardson County closed down, forcing uh, Sacred Heart to, to leave the county a little bit, they start getting a little more state respect. Uh, before we get to their success in the playoff era, which has been exceptional, I wanted to talk a little bit just about the school. The school traces its founding clear back to 1891, but really the, the the version of Sacred Heart that we know started in 1941 when it was kind of refounded. Interesting story, though, way back in 1891, uh, it was started in a house that had once belonged to Judge Elmer Dundee. Uh, who some of you know from the Standing Bear trial, the ruling of who is a per person in the United States, a very important uh, case in Nebraska and in the United States. Uh, but in 1941 is really when the schools reformed, and that's where their athletic history starts. And then their athletic history really starts to take off during the football playoff era. Uh, they win state championships uh, in in football, in 8-man-2, in 89, 90, 91, 92, 93, and 94. They won 87 games in a row in there. Uh, they also picked up a state championship in 2013. All those teams were undefeated. They picked up another state championship in 2016, though that wasn't an undefeated team. Uh, they have Class D track titles in 90, 91, 94, 98, 06, and 14. Uh, they had D1 basketball titles in 88 and 89, and then... Uh, D2 titles in 90, 91, 99, 01, 04, 08, and 18. Uh, they were runner-up in Class D way back in 1947, very early in their history, and then in 1974. Um, so an amazing football, basketball, track history. Lots of candidates um, for their all-time GOAT. Um, I'm going to start more recent and, and work my way back. Uh, I've got Nate O'Grady, who was a two-time All-State football player. Aaron O'Grady from 98, who was a three-time All-State football player. Uh, you guys will have to tell me the family relation here because I've got another O'Grady, Matt O'Grady. 1994, two-time All-State football, three-time state track champion, and earned three other medals at state track. Uh, probably of the O'Grady boys, I would lean towards him. Uh, Jeff Schwang, 1991, two-time All-State football player. Uh, Dan Hill, 1978, two-time All-State football player, shot put champion, and four more state track medals. Uh, Tim Hoy, 1974, triple jump state champ, and two other medals. Uh, Brendan Sells, 1998, two-time basketball All-Stater. Uh, but then the choice I'm going to go with for the Fall City Sacred Heart Irish, probably not a surprise, Steve Simon uh, from the class of 91. He was a three-time basketball All-Stater, a three-time football All-Stater, had five track medals, all second-place finishes. Uh, he didn't finish second very often. Of course, they won several football, basketball, and track titles during his time. So Steve Simon, the greatest Falls City Sacred Heart Irish athlete of all time. And finally, we get to the big boy of Richardson County, the uh, Falls City Tigers. Uh, they wear black and orange. Uh, their history goes back a long way. Uh, the first thing you probably have to talk about with Falls City is a coach, Jug Brown, who was a Lincoln High graduate, but who coached the Tigers. Uh, their beautiful uh, Work Progress Administration era stadium is named after Coach Brown. Um, and uh, his, his teams in the 30s and the 40s uh, were a force in Class A athletics. Um, his Tigers won the 1939 State Basketball Championship. 
um, in Class A. He had several unbeaten football teams, uh, including the 1934 uh, state championship team in Class A. Uh, and again, the stadium at Falls City is named for that great coach. So uh, let's first look at the teams and the athletes in the Jug Brown era. Um, in 1933, uh, they were undefeated, and Greg McBride actually awarded 10 teams the state championship that year. He said he couldn't really rank them. There were just 10, and uh, Falls City was one of those. Then in 1934, McBride names them uh, the outright Class A state football champions. In 39, they win Class A basketball, beating Columbus, Kearney, Creighton Prep, and Lincoln Jackson in the final in a 23-20 game. Uh also a time of great track athletes uh, from even before Coach Brown, even before Coach Brown was at Lincoln High uh, as an athlete. Uh, Lloyd Hahn, class of 1920, uh, he was a world-class runner who held world records uh, in the middle distances and several instances. Uh, he actually then returned to Falls City and, and coached uh, another great Falls City athlete from the 1930s, Gilbert Dodds, uh, known as the Flying Parson during his time in, in uh, amateur track in the United States. He was a three-time state track champion in the mile, the 880 and the mile. Uh, he set a mile record at 428.1 uh, that would last a couple decades in Nebraska. And then he went on to a great career um, where he ran, uh, you know, won national championships and set world indoor records. Uh, Gilbert Dodd, the Flying Parson. Uh, we'll come back to, to Gilbert, I'm sure. Uh, the next big era of, uh, of Great Falls City Athletics was in the 50s and 60s. In 1956, they were the Class A basketball champs. Now, remember, that's the sixth class era, so that's what we would call Class B. Uh, it was a four-team tournament in 56, and Falls City opened up with a big win over one of the powers of the era, Omaha Holy Name. They beat them in overtime, and then they beat Gehring in the final. Uh, in 56, then, they were also third in Class A, which was the big, biggest track class. Uh, in 1960, they were Class B consensus football champions in both newspapers. And in 1963, they won state Class B uh, basketball. That's actually the last win at state for the Falls City boys. Um, and they had some great athletes in here. Uh, Nels Kajeltsen. Uh, 1955 All-Nebraska basketball player and All-Nebraska football player. Uh, the six foot five er played end uh, on the football field. Uh, Jerry Collier uh, was a 1956 All-Nebraska basketball player and was fifth in the hurdles and third in the long jump at state track. Ernie uh, Strassel was a 1964 and 1965 All-State basketball player. Um, so another uh, big Tiger era. When we start looking for more modern Tigers, um, their basketball team is qualified for state in 2010, 14, and 15. So uh, making some noise there. Uh, their best football playoff run was when they picked up a win in C1 in 2013, beating Wayne 28-27 before falling to Lincoln Christian. A couple uh, 80s and 90s athletes who deserve consideration. Uh, Mark Smith, 1981, a consensus All-State football guard. And Matt Oliver, uh, 1999 Class B long jump state champ. But I don't think there's any question that when you want the all-time Falls City Goat, you've got to go back uh, to the 1930s and the Flying Parson, Gilbert Dodds, the all-time Goat Falls City Tiger. All right, that brings us to the end of our Richardson County journey. Uh, 
Didn't end up being much of a mini-episode, so many teams in Richardson County. Uh, Maybe we'll head to the opposite end of the state and head to Sioux County up in the northwest. I bet we'll find fewer schools there and maybe truly have a uh, mini-episode. Again, uh, check out our webpage at suitingupvarsity.org. Check out our Twitter feed where we're at, suitupvarsity. Thanks uh, to my brothers, Trent and Tate Mays, who helped me with a lot of research and and especially dealing with uh, my spreadsheets, and uh, my good friend Chris Chukai, uh, who, who's helped with my audio. It probably isn't great today since I'm working in the closet. And thanks, as always, to Jerry Mathers, uh, the uh, inspiration for this podcast, the godfather of Nebraska high school sports. That's it for this week on Suiting Up Varsity, a Nebraska varsity sports production, copyright 2020. Stay safe, everybody.